0: Luke chapter number 10, if you have your Bibles tonight, Luke, the 10th chapter, it's always a, a true honor to preach and stand behind the pulpit. It's also a challenge for me because when a pastor preaches every week, he uh, knows exactly if he misses something, he can just hit him next week. Well, I might not get another next week, it might be six months from now. And so there's always pressure of really what to preach, and, and so I've been really seeking the Lord this week, and, and if this isn't right, I don't know what is, so we're going to give it our best shot. Luke chapter number 10, in verse number 38, we find the beginning of a somewhat short story among two women and Jesus. Verse number 38 says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha recovered, um, received him I'm sorry, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled, about many things but one thing is needful and Mar- uh, Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her if you remember in the old testament there was multiple times especially throughout the uh, book of Deuteronomy where God tells Israel I give you I set before you a blessing and a curse and then he always encourages them and and uh, just ...gives them that option and says, choose good, choose the blessing... It's, ...it's up to you, it's your choice. As we close out this year and as we prepare to begin a new year... ...though changing the calendar is not necessarily a big event... ...and shouldn't be to the believer... ...when you realize there's something wrong in your life... ...there's no reason to wait to the end of a year to change it. You ought to just change it. <clears throat> but sometimes at the end of a year it's easier to push to the side the past... Especially a year such as this. And as I think about this upcoming year, I'm reminded and I'd like to remind you tonight that it's your choice. Here Mary chose something that Jesus said couldn't be taken away from her. She had chosen that good thing and there's things I believe that we ought to choose tonight. Let's quickly pray and then we'll just consider a few thoughts. Father, thank you for the message from your word, Lord, the truth that changes not. I pray you'd prepare our hearts, and as we close out this year, that you would encourage us to seek to fulfill your will in this upcoming calendar season, and may you be glorified through it all. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could imagine with me, and and just as we set the stage in our mind, Jesus is invited by Martha into her house. He arrives, and there in her house... He's seated, we don't know exactly what he's doing, whether he's talking, whether he's um, encouraging them, whether he's uh, just sitting alone, but there uh, Mary is sitting at his feet, just listening, just enjoying the presence of the Savior. There's a lot of confusion and really perversion about the idea that this Mary or, or even another Mary could have had some kind of relationship with Jesus and I hope no one would even consider that thought or take anything uh, to twist scripture such as this. But I think she, she just had a, a, a devotion and a love for Christ. She just wanted to be in his presence. She wanted to hear him speak. She wanted to behold him with her eyes. She wanted to enjoy just the presence of, of Emmanuel, God with us in her presence. Well, all the while, Martha's doing what most, women would do if they invite a guest over. She's cleaning, she's cooking, she's preparing, she's busy. Now, we know there's nothing wrong with busyness. There's nothing wrong with cleaning. There's nothing wrong with a clean kitchen and a clean house when company comes over. So don't get upset, women, when you think that uh, maybe you're being accused here because you're not. But in the midst of it, she became so heavy and so full of care and and she even began to, if you look down in verse number 41, um, sorry, verse 40, she sa- it says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? She begins to accuse. She feels like she's the only one. She feels like she's carrying all the weight and all the burden. And then it says... Uh, She's left me to serve alone bid her therefore that she help me. She she begins to tell Jesus she said Jesus can you see what's taking place? I'm trying to prepare, I'm trying to get everything ready for you. I want this to be an enjoyable time. But here Mary won't even come in and help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her Martha Martha this is verse 41 thou art careful we we would use the word full we might use the phrase full of care or worry anxiety and troubled. That word troubled, if you study out the Greek, you find that we get a word to be disturbed comes from that. She was frustrated. She was angered. She was disturbed. She was troubled at the thought that she's forced to uh, serve and prepare while Mary just sits there. And not just about one or two things, but Jesus says, you're you're troubled about many things. Now, we can't tell what's going through her mind, but it seems that she became so anxious and so worried and so troubled... and begins to accuse and to be upset with her own sister... and to say, I've got all the burden, I've got all the stress... I've got all the anxiety, and it's all because of you. Because you won't help me. Isn't that easy for us in our day... whether it be in the home, in a marriage... In a family, it could be in a, in a, uh, employee, uh, as for an employer, it could be in the church where you start looking inwardly and you say, here I am, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to cook and I've got to clean and I've got to work and I've got to go to church and I've got to raise the kids and I've got to preach the sermons and I've got to study and it doesn't seem like anyone else wants to help me. That can be a temptation for anyone. Here Martha was filled up to the top with all the trouble and struggles that she was facing. But we find a bit of reproving from Jesus and says Mary is actually choosing something better than you've chosen. She's, She's purposely taken on herself something that you should have long ago. If you were to look and examine the two and just consider very briefly, you'd see that Martha was serving while Mary sat. You see, while Martha's speaking, Mary was listening. Martha was full of care, or careful, and Mary was carefree. Martha felt like she was all alone, but Mary had enough. Martha was anxious, and Mary was at peace. Martha was fretting, but Mary was just focused on Christ. And it all goes back to Martha was self-centered, and Mary was Christ-centered. You know, as we begin this new year, you have a choice to make. ...in these upcoming months... ...if you want to continue to bear the burdens of the day... ...if you want to continue to carry the stress... ...and and be filled with anxiety and anger... ...and fears and troubles... ...you you have a right to do that. You can choose that part. But there's a better part that Christ wants us to choose. There's a part that isn't busy... ...it isn't noisy... ...it isn't uh, full of care... ...it isn't full of anxiety... It's at rest, it's at peace, it's at solitude, it's full of quietness, it's full of peace. You say, what is that part? Let me just look very briefly at five different things that Mary did. First of all, she did not let busy business prevent her devotion to the Lord. There was ample opportunities to serve, but but Mary said, though service is important, I want to spend some time just with Jesus for a little while. We could look at this and say... ...well does this mean that service is not important... ...and I don't think this is teaching that at all. For obviously in the church... ...there's, there's plenty that it needs to be done. There, there's things that need to be done all week... ...in this building. There, we, we've been commanded to reach out to the lost... ...and to encourage those who are down... ...and to, 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 to reach out to those who are hurting. There's, there's a, a, available possibilities for service... ...everywhere you look. But that should never take the place... ...of devotion to our Lord. And Mary didn't let it. She chose that better part. Number two, she valued the words of Christ. She just wanted to sit and listen to Him. She realized that when Christ was speaking... ...there was nothing that was more important. She chose to allow the words of Christ... ...to be center in her life... ...to be the priority, to be the focus... ...to to be the most important thing for her. Number three, she was content with silently listening... In a world where there's so much trying to steal our attention, with media and social media and other types of media, and it just seems like everywhere you go, there's something trying to grab your attention. Uh, We went in Walmart, which is not my spiritual gift the other day, and uh, now I don't know if all of them do, but the music was just blaring out in front, and I'm thinking, I can't even hardly hear myself think. I can't, I definitely can't hear my, you know, someone talk to me next to me. What is the purpose of this? You know, did somebody have a bad day and decide to turn the music up so they couldn't hear anything else? I don't know. But it seems like no matter where you go, everything's louder, everything's busier. Um, we don't watch much regular TV at our house, but occasionally I'll see commercials and, and I can't keep up with them. I'm, you know me, I'm kind of old school and kind of old fashioned. I go in McDonald's occasionally and about the time I think I know what I want, the screen changes. I, I can't find it anymore. I'll tell the lady, I'll say, can I have that? I know there was something, and I was at Burger King, I think, one day, and I didn't know it was a changing screen. And I saw a deal, and I said, can I have that? And it was an ice cream cone, and I'm thinking, I don't know what just happened, but there's something wrong about this picture. That's not what I I was seeing a moment ago. But there's such busyness, and such the lights are all flashing, and the noises, noises are coming at you at all angles. But still, as the Bible speaks to us, it tells us God speaks in a... ...still in quiet voice. And if you're going to hear the words of Christ... ...you're going to have to t- tune out the noise of this life. Mary was willing to get alone and get quiet. The silence didn't bother her. She was in the presence of Christ. Number five... ...she chose this way of life. I think this is so important for us to understand. She chose this. This wasn't forced upon her. This wasn't the only option... There, there, was, there was other things she could have been doing, there was other places that she could have been, but she chose to be in the presence of God. She chose to be there listening to Christ. As we come upon a new year, we have opportunities to choose. And I'm going to give you four things tonight that I believe would change any person's life in here. And I don't just speak that as a preacher, because that's easy to do. But I believe if you could take these four things to heart, it would revolutionize the way you serve and the way you live out your life. In light of what Mary did, number one, is commit to the word of God. You know, for a mature Christian, for someone not to use a guide like this and finish reading their Bible every year, is almost embarrassing I read the other day and I timed it as I've many times done. It takes 20 to 25 minutes a day to read through your Bible every year. If you don't have 25 minutes to give to the Word of God, your priorities are way upside down. We ought to commit to the Word of God. How can we claim that this is the very Word of God that was preserved by Him, that was inspired by Him, that has the blood of martyrs upon it, as they were burned alive, as they were thorn, thrown to wild beasts, as they were imprisoned, and it sits on our shelf and collects dust. We've got to give, commit to the Word of God, not just even read it, but make it a passion, make it our priority, make it our goal, commit to it. Commit to the Word of God, number one. Number two, take Take time. Or should I say, make time to pray. See, this was Mary's fellowship with Christ. If I were to tell you that Jesus was going to be at my house tonight at 10 o'clock and you could come talk to him, every person in this room would be there. They'd line up, they'd be there early. Yet the the, the veil was rent in two, access to the throne is available. God says, come boldly, come often, come daily, come presently, come all the time. And we neglect the place of prayer. Or we make it a quick, let's pray before our meals, let's pray before bedtime, and let's go about our day. I want to encourage you tonight as we prepare for a new year. Let's not go about this year trying to make decisions in our own strength and our own wisdom. Raising our kids uh, with our own ideas and and just using our own resources. Let's get on our knees and let's plead for, for God's mercy and God's power and God's help. I think about our nation and just the turmoil we're in. And it's easy to complain. It's easy to chat about it, to, to talk about it, to uh, you know, text about it. But why don't, we, why don't we get before God and pray about it? What a need for revival we have. We need to take time or make time to pray. Number three, meditate quietly. This is something we don't talk about much. Maybe because the word meditation has become you know, much twisted over the years. But where we can just set aside time and just think about the scriptures. Think about the goodness of God. Think about what he's been doing in our life. Evaluate our own lives. Set aside time where you can get alone with nothing bothering you, no people bothering you, no things bothering you. And one-on-one time with God. And then number three, or number four rather, notice the glorious will of God. I was going to put notice the glory of God. But I chose to say the glorious will of God. Because it's sometimes easy to notice the glory of God without noticing the will of God. Sometimes it's easy to notice the will of God without noticing the glory of God. But if we could make it a daily habit that when we wake up, we seek to look for God's goodness in our day. We, we tend to look for the problems. We tend to look for the negative. We tend to look, if, if it's raining outside, we notice that. Why don't we notice the sunshine and give God glory? Why don't we notice the stars and consider the one who put those stars in place is the one who still is seated on the throne. If we can make this our life, you, you say, are you, are you asking me to you know, live daily, every day like a Christian? Yeah, let's do that this year. Let, let's prioritize and notice God's goodness, but let's not just notice His goodness, let's notice His commands. Let's notice the will of God, the, the people that abound around us that need the gospel, the, 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 the service that needs, the Marthas that need helping. Let's notice God's goodness and let's serve the Lord in this coming year. And the choice is yours. The choice is before you. You can go another year just like last. It's easy. You can make the decisions just like last. It's easy. But it takes a decision to say, I'm going to do things differently. And I'm going to start them in the presence
1: of the Almighty. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 24 tonight. Acts chapter 24, and we'll read two verses, starting in verse number 24. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled, and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Now, as I prepared for this and thought about this, when I think about the end of a new year, the beginning of the next, or I'm sorry, the end of the old year, the beginning of the new, just as uh, Brother Justin said, it's not like something magical where you have to get it right on that day, and after that day, you have to wait till the new year. That's, that would be crazy. But one of the things that I thought about, because t- when I get to the end of this year, I think about how fast time is going by and how much closer to the end we're getting. So tonight, I just want to look at, just for a few minutes, I better look at my watch so I know what time it is. I just want to think about wasted opportunities. Now this was a lost man right here Felix was lost So we're going to look at it through two different perspectives From the lost perspective But then also from the Christian Because I think we can learn something from this as well So Felix Heard heard the testimony of Paul He heard about his faith in Christ And the Bible says he trembled I believe he was under conviction of the Holy Spirit of God And that God was trying to work in his life And his response to it Was not Lord I'm going to I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to to trust you as my Savior. He said, go your way, Paul. I'm going to call on you at a more convenient season in my life. And I think that happens all the time in people's lives and and, and lost people. In their mindset, they get God speaks to their heart. He works in their life. And they could respond at that moment in time and receive Jesus. But so many of them say, Lord, not right now. I, I, I don't want you right now. There's going to be a different season in my life that I'm going to call upon you. But right now, I just don't have time. Right now, it's just not the right thing. I want to keep living the way that I'm living. We heard a, a sermon this morning about how, how salvation changes a person's life. And I truly am convinced that some people who are lost, they're so worried about receiving Jesus because of what he's going to do in their life, because they enjoy what they're doing right now. They feel like Christ is going to take all that away. But the reality of it is, they're missing out on the best thing in life, and that's Jesus. It's easy for a lost person to find excuses of why they're not going to come to Christ. You know, Jesus, he made it so easy, didn't it? he? He made it so easy for a person to receive him. But yet, sometimes people struggle with it so much. I believe tonight, hell is full of people who's, who, who said at one point in their life, God at a more convenient season, I'm going to call on you. Tonight, is that you? Are you in this room where God has spoken to your heart at some point in time in your life and you've rejected him? Have you been telling God, God, I'm going to wait for a different timing in my life It's not right. I just want to urge you tonight, you may not have another chance. This might be the last chance you have tonight. And if you leave this room and God has spoken to your heart and you know that you need to trust in Christ as Savior, be warned, you may not get another chance. That's a wasted opportunity. So as a lost person, you you should not waste your opportunity to come to God. God if God is speaking, trust in him. But let's think just for a moment about the saved in this room tonight. Because we as well can have the same mindset when God is trying to work in our lives. As you look back on this last year, was your life pretty much the same that it's been year after year after year? Have you grown any spiritually? Have you made any decisions for God that really changed your life? Or are you telling God, God, not right now. At a more convenient season in my life, God, I'm going to get serious about this. I want to tell you tonight, this is the time that you should take God's word seriously. This is the night that you should take your spiritual lives seriously. Because we can get to the end of next year if God tarries, and we can look back and say, you know what, I haven't done anything for God. Nothing has really changed in my life. Nothing's any better. Are we making excuses? Turn with me to uh, John chapter number 4 real quick. John chapter number 4. Now Jesus Christ obviously was perfect and he's our perfect example. But one thing about Jesus Christ is he was always busy doing what he knew God wanted him to do. To do God's will. In John chapter 4, this is the chapter where Jesus... Uh, he talks to this woman at the well, this Samaritan woman, and the Bible tells us that he needed to go through Samaria, and the reason he did is because he had to come to this well and talk to this lady. Now when Jesus got to this well, the Bible says he was weary, he was tired, I'm sure he was hungry. So here he sat at this well, and he met this woman, and this woman talked to him, and he asked her to give, give him some water. And then he told this lady about living water, that she would never thirst again. And she was she, she trusted in Jesus, and Jesus made the difference in her life. Jesus converted her, and the disciples they were away getting food. So let's look in uh, verse number. Let's look in verse number thirty-two. The disciples had come back, and they had tried to get Jesus to eat. Verse thirty-two, he said, "But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of." Therefore said the disciples one to another, "Hath any man?" brought him ought to eat. So they said, who brought him food? How did he get food? Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said, my life is about doing the will of the Father. And that truly was his life. That's what it was all about. And I feel like sometimes that our will is, I want to do what suits me best. I want to do what's convenient for me, what makes me happy. But Jesus shows us that we ought to live a life that is concerned about the will of the Father. That should be our life and a lot of times God, He begins to work in us, and we say, God, not right now. I have too much going on. You know what that means? It means that we're more concerned about our own will than God's will. We say, God, it's not convenient right now. I don't have time for you right now. I think we've all been guilty of of overlooking God's will at times in our lives because none of us are perfect. And then look at verse number uh, 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Jesus, and he made this clear in in different places in the scripture, told us that there are plenty of people out there that need him. And the will of the Father, here's what God's will is. Do you want to know what God's will is? God's will is that everybody in this earth would trust in him as Savior. Everybody. Everybody. That not one person would die without him. That's his will. The Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Are we allowing God to work through us tonight? Are we telling God, hold up, Lord, at a more convenient season, I'm going to come back to this. One of the problems with with that mentality and that thought process, even James said this, when you're not a doer of the word, but you hear the word of God, God speaks to you, you see, you see who you really are as a person, and then you walk away from it, you know what happens? You forget. You forget what God had spoken to you about. God may have spoken to you throughout this year, and you said, God, I'm going to take this seriously. Maybe you said, I'm going to wait till the new year. I'm going to do something different this new year. But my question is, are you really going to do it? Or are you just going to put God to the side and say, God, I don't have time for you this year? God's will is more important than anything else. We live sometimes and and lost and saved people like there's always going to be a tomorrow. Like there's always going to be the next day and we can make a decision then. We can get things right then. But that is very foolish. James told us, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. There's not always going to be a tomorrow. So just thinking back, are you lost tonight? Has God spoken to your heart? There's not always going to be a tomorrow. Don't wait until it's too late. And for those of you in this room tonight who know God, and you know God wants you to do something for Him, He wants you to serve Him, He wants you to give your life to Him, don't say tomorrow I'm going to do it, let's do it tonight. Let's make the decision now and say, Lord, this new year, we're going to move forward for you. We're going to serve you. I'm going to give my life to you. I want to I fulfill your will. So I just want to leave that encouragement with you tonight. Thank
2: you. Take your Bibles out again to the book of Luke. I was wondering why um, when I came in, I, I heard Justin talking to Pastor. and He was begging him to let him preach first. He said, please let me have that first slot. And I wasn't sure why until I heard him uh, Tell us where to turn in our Bibles, and he apparently he saw my notes um, before coming in tonight. So, well, well played, Justin. Luke chapter ten. I'll, I'll trust it's the Lord leading us. And uh, Jason, I'm not sure what why you missed out on it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Luke chapter 10, we'll read the same, the same passage, beginning in verse 38. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a, and a, a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, but Martha was cumbered about much serving, And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Uh, we we know the context. We we're familiar with the story, and, and it's already been preached on tonight. But we have two very drastic uh, contrasts between these sisters, Mary and and Martha. And um, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha was very busy, and um, you know, busyness is a good thing. And I have no doubt that all of us in the next year intend to do more. That's one as we're. Thinking about the past year and looking forward to the next year, um, I I, I don't think any of us setting goals, say this year, I just want to do a little bit less than I did last year. Um, Hopefully I can cut back a little bit. I was a little, you know, I I just want to do less for the Lord, less service, less work, less ministry. Uh, Most of us want to do more, more ministry, more evangelism, more hospitality, all of these things. And, And for most of us, the 2020, the, the the year of COVID, has caused us, has forced us in many ways to do less. We've cut out many of the ministries that we're accustomed to, the bus ministry, the nursing homes, we've not gone into nursing homes or into the prisons or jails for many months. So many of the things that we're accustomed to doing, serving, we have not been able to do. And so most of us are hopefully pray, pr- uh, praying and, and intending to do more next year than we did this year and I I believe the majority of us could find time in our schedules to do more than we did I hope as a church that we're able to do more in 2021 than we did in 2020 but in in the search to do more we have to remember to keep first things first and That is time and relationship with the master. You know, ministry like Martha's ministry apart from relationship, a proper relationship with Christ breeds anxiety and discouragement. That's where she was. She was she was ministering, she was serving, she was active, she was working, and yet she was careful full of care. She was anxious about many things. That's what Jesus said to her. Not because of what she was doing, but because it wasn't rooted and, and strengthened in her relationship that she had with him. What she was doing was not wrong. It wasn't wrong that she was cooking and cleaning and serving and all those things, but she, but she wasn't doing the thing that she needed to be doing before doing those other things. And anytime we find ourselves burnt out or discouraged as she was, the, the problem isn't likely, it's not what we're doing, and, and it's not someone else, right? Mar- Martha thought the problem was somebody else. Her issue she had was with Mary. Lord, tell her. <laughs> I'm doing everything here. Tell her to do her part. This isn't fair. But the problem wasn't with Mary. The problem was she was missing out on that relationship um, that Mary was having with, with the Lord, So ministry, activity, busyness, apart from the relationship with Christ, will breed all of these things in our life. Anxiety, depression, discouragement, jealousy. So we have to be careful not to stop doing the things that we're doing, but to first have the relationship with him that we ought to have. And and then something else from this text that stood out to me, and Justin really emphasized it in verse 42, where Jesus said, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. She chose the right thing. You know, we can serve without really choosing to serve, can't we? Young people, especially, you guys, some of you kids, you serve, but it's not because you want to. I mean, I have kids. I make them do stuff they don't want to do all the time, so it's possible to serve Right. Without wanting to serve, it's possible even as adults sometimes to get kind of roped into doing something that we don't really want to do. But we do it out of obligation or to try to please somebody or just because it needs to be done, not necessarily because we want to do it, but but we do it because it needs to be done. But it's unlikely and I'll, I think I'll go so far as to say it's impossible to really sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him without choosing to do so. That's a choice that we all have to make. You can serve because everybody else is serving, but if you're but if you're if you're if you're sitting at the feet of Jesus and 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 and, and bonding with Him through His Word and prayer, then you're doing that because you chose to do that. And that's where Mary was. She chose this. One thing I think twenty twenty has has revealed to, to many is that we're. A little bit too much like Martha. And, and, and perhaps this pandemic has dealt a blow not just to your economic um, life and not just to your financial well-being. But perhaps this pandemic has, has really dealt a blow to your spiritual life as well. To your walk with God. You're not as close today as you were nine months ago or ten months ago or twelve months ago. And this may mean that our identity was wrapped up in all the stuff that we were doing, all the things, all the busyness. Our, our, our identity was wrapped up in singing in the choir or going to the, the jails or, 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 or singing a special or, or singing in a nursing home or teaching a Sunday school class or working with kids. And your identity was wrapped up in all of those things. And when those things were taken away, then you had an emptiness inside of you. And I think that 2020 was a revealer of that, that our identity was in what we do rather than who we are. As we're, 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 we're children of the Heavenly Father. That, that's who we are, and that is something that cannot be taken away from her. And, and Jesus said she's chosen that good part which cannot be taken away from her. If your identity is in the things that you do for him rather than who you are in him, It'll lead to being anxious and depressed and discouraged and jealous. It will derail your spiritual life. This morning, Pastor was saying that often challenges in life, difficult times, give us an opportunity to sort of hit the reset button and and, and start over. You know, you don't need to teach a Sunday school class to find joy and to, to renew your spiritual life, even if you did that before and you're not able to do it now. You don't need to, 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 to work on a bus and, and, and go out on Saturdays and, 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 and visit your bus kids and bring them in on Sundays and, and sing the songs and all the things that you were doing. You don't have to do all of those things in order to, to have that restored relationship with Jesus Christ that you once had. I mean, we, we want to get back to doing these things. We hope that we're able to, in the near future, get back to doing those things. But even if we're not able to do those things, that doesn't mean that we cannot have a restored relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. I have found him whom my soul so long has craved. We found him. We were searching, we were seeking, feeding on the husks around us. But we found the one who is the joy giver. That's our joy. Your joy can be restored. I I don't know your hearts, but I know that there's discouragement among us. I know there's anxiety among us. And for many, you're just waiting. I just wanna, I want to get back to doing the things I was doing before. I know that'll, I know my life has kind of been on hold. But if I could just get back to doing all the stuff that I was doing before, I know that'll jumpstart my my spiritual life, and I'll be able to get back to the man that I once was, the the the, the spiritual person that I once was. But 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 if that's what it's gonna take to get you back to being where you think you need to be, then you weren't where you needed to be in the first place, because our. Joy should not be wrapped up in the things that we do. Our joy is wrapped, our joy is found in Christ, being children of the Heavenly Father. You don't have to wait for that ministry to return to have your joy restored. It starts by sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's what Mary was doing in verse 39. Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I think we can start tonight. I believe we can tonight we can ask God like the psalmist to restore unto us the joy of our salvation. If you've lost that joy and maybe you've blamed it on other people who are not doing their part, you've blamed it on you're having to kind of carry the load on your own, maybe that's you. Maybe you've just stopped being involved altogether, you're not really plugged in to the work of the Lord and to his people and to his into his body here. And you're just saying, well, I'm going to be. Once, once my thing gets started again, then I know that I'm, that I'm going to jump right back in here. But, but let's not wait for that. Let's, let's tonight ask God, God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Commit tonight to, to, like Mary, to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus and feast on his word, that, that manna from heaven that we don't need just once a week. We, we can't get enough. The Israelites couldn't get enough on, 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 on one day and hold it over and just sort of, you know, dispense it throughout the week. They had to come out every single day, right? Every single day and get some for that day. And the next day they had to go out and get some for that day. And the next day they had to go out and get some for that day. Uh, day, for, for that day. Let's commit to hearing from his word. To, to studying and meditating, as Justin said, on his, on his word. Every single day. Not to, not, not to be sad. I, 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 we shouldn't be satisfied with not serving, with not ministering. But if, if many of us, if many Christians would have observed that household from the outside, looked in the window, they would have said, Man, Martha, that lady, she's is, she is spiritual. Look at her. She's going, she's moving, bouncing around, she's cleaning, she's doing everything. And Mary, she's just sitting there, she's not doing anything. But Jesus had a totally different perspective, didn't he? Jesus said, she's doing the right stuff. You may be serving, but she's doing the the right thing. And I think we can be judgmental of people sometimes because they're not doing what they're supposed to. I'm serving. Why aren't you serving? But it would be good just to take Jesus' perspective and say, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to, first, first, I just want to sit at the feet of Jesus. Just sit at his feet and learn and, 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 and strengthen my relationship with him, and then then we'll be equipped to go out and to serve and to minister to others as we ought to be. So let's not wait for the, these ministries to start back up. Let's, let's, let's sit at the feet of Jesus now and prepare ourselves, and then when, when, the, when the opportunity comes up to serve, we, we, we'll be ready. We'll be ready to give out as God has poured into us. I'm looking forward to 2021. For a lot of reasons, but I hope that all of us will, will, will decide to just, just resolve to getting to know our God better, getting to know him more, studying his word and, and allowing him to search us.